48 down, 317 to go. My name is Chris. This is At A Theater Near Me, the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. I have a guest with me today. I have Dave Cullinane. Uh, we're also, we are going to be talking about the movie Sing 2, as well as uh, who we are, uh, and talk a little bit about the Harabro Gold Bears. I call them gummy bears, but I'm incorrect. They're gold bears. Uh, so let's get right into uh, Sing 2 and, and Dave. Hello, Dave. Good morning. Thank you for uh, thank you for bringing me on. I appreciate it. This is like this is my sweet spot. Just to let you know, like sing to Haribo. Did you say Haribo? Haribo, right? Haribo. I keep saying Haribo. I say I say Haribo gummy bear. No, so Har- I'm saying everything Har- wrong Har- as always. It's Haribo, right? It is Haribo. Like you're a bro. Is it really? I, yeah. I never know. I, I guess I missed that. No, part. I'm wrong. Haribo. You're right. No, okay. you're right. In fact, here's where the name comes from. So I know I know the name from from even though I can't say it. It's Hans Regal. That was the creator. So H A from Hans, R I from Regal, and then they're in the town of Bonn. So B O. So oh, Haribo. Wow. So the and he is he's got to be the original creator of the gummy bear, like in general, right? Like all these knockoffs. He's the OG. Yeah, he is, and he has kind of a complicated past. So we can get into that. We get the concessions about uh, a little, a little further down the down the line here. Um, yeah, it's a potentially complicated past with him. Um, but Sing Two, this is a movie I can see watching. This is why this would be right up your alley. It, you, you know, it's, it's playing the hits. It's playing the hits. It's you know me. I'm a simple man. Uh, it's it's an unbelievable kind of for me. It's been that, and I guess it was lucky. It's a, a fan of Kirk's show heard us talking about it. Probably you were in. Uh, and they sent me a little copy of it behind the scenes. So uh, oh. thank you. I mean, I'm a you know I'm a rebel over here watching that thing. But literally, that's like the go-to movie right now of the last. Geez, when did it come out? Christmas Day. So that's probably every every day almost since you know I don't know a week or two after Christmas. Basically, watching this movie on repeat with my kids, and it's just I, I definitely think uh, you know we'll d- dive deeper into it. Sing two is. Uh, light years better than Sing One. I don't know if you saw the first Sing, but I haven't seen Sing better. One. Um, and it's funny. I was looking through some of the reviews, and it's kind of mixed. Some people said that Sing Two is better. Some people said yeah. Sing One is better. I like Sing Two. I thought yep. Sing Two. This is a good movie. Um, it's really fun. the The computer animation is amazing. Like the visuals on this are. It, it, at times, it can be nice and simple, so the characters are drawn relatively simply. So you know, it, it doesn't seem too. I don't know janky or weird uh but yet if you get up close to characters you can see the amazing texture like in the lion's fur and stuff like that you can see that it's not just that it's simple because of laziness or like it's like the simpsons or south park we're just kind of sketching something there is a lot of time put into this and the backgrounds are so complex i imagine you know having little kids watch this over and over again must be tiring but at least you can find different things to look at because like some of the uh, backgrounds is so many different like kind of where's waldo moments where you can kind of find some fun stuff that you would probably see if you watch it on rewatches you know new stuff every time oh absolutely just they're like mesmerized every time like all the different colors and all that stuff. that's almost most noticeable i think it was that uh the scene where they're like auditioning right and like it changes they're like out and out i don't know they're singing on the stage but then it like goes to like outer space and it's like i don't right. know it's just it's, it's clearly very noticeable uh my kids obviously like they absolutely love that aspect of it and i don't know there's so many different uh angles of it where that changes like the scene where they're running away when they jump out of the hotel like it's just yeah no i, I totally agree with you there yeah this, this takes place in like a fake vegas uh town that's supposed to be vegas and yeah. uh but the cityscape is is really impressive like i said at times you have all these billboards and stuff going on and you can find all these kind of fun I don't know, fun little i don't say jokes but fun little you know 
points at entertainment or things like that that you can kind of you know, get a little smirk out of. So I imagine I said, if you had to watch this a bunch of times, it wouldn't be boring. Now, yep. this came out around the same time as Encanto. Are your, are your kids into Encanto? So uh, I, they're definitely into Encanto. I haven't like, so I sat down, I've watched numerous times sing too with them. I haven't sat down. I've been like on my phone when Encanto has been on. So I've heard great things about Encanto. They love it. Uh, they love the songs as well, but I don't actually like, I didn't watch it personally, like to follow along, but they definitely, I would say just judging by like what they do when it's not on the television, Sing 2 is better to them right now than Encanto, in my, in my opinion. I think Encanto is a slightly better movie because it, it has, you know, you got to give it credit because it has the original music. Sing 2 has almost yep. all you know, jukebox songs, songs that we, you know, yep. have heard our entire lives. Uh, sometimes they redo them and they redo them quite well. Um, but Encanto, yep. I think it has to get the nod because of that. Uh, and, but I will say, I think Sing 2 is probably a more fun movie. Um, it's just, I don't know, there's more laughs in it. There's more, it's, it's a, it's a, a, a more fun ride to go on while Encanto is probably telling a better story. Uh, but yep. the best character in either movie, though, might be Buster Moon. Buster Moon's great. Oh, Buster Moon. Buster Moon was kind of hard to like in Sing One. And I know you didn't. You said you didn't see, see Sing One. This one, he was like absolutely lovable. Like team guy in Sing Two. Uh, I I don't know. I did love the Bono character. Right. What Me was too. It? Clay Calloway. Great character. Yep. And, and great character in that. And Bono actually as a voice actor was like way better than I thought he would be. I wanted I more of him. Any. I wanted more. Of, I could have had a whole Calloway movie. Yes. No, I didn't. You know what? That might be Sing 3, maybe something more around him. But uh, yeah, I thought he was good. Didn't necessarily like love his voice singing the U2 songs as like an older man, though. I don't know. I'm, and I'm not like really a U2 guy. Um, so I didn't like love. I know they have to be, you know, obviously Bono's in it. They have to pick U2 songs. But like, I don't know, c compared to all the other songs that were in it, that was like my least favorite uh, you know, the song choices of the movie, if you ask me. Uh, I went the other way. So I love U2. Uh, okay. so, and I, yeah, maybe Bono's voice isn't what it was, but I didn't care. Like I was in it, I was all in from the nostalgia of it. And like when he starts strumming the guitar at the end of the movie, oh, like, I, like, I, like I almost got like chills watching this cartoon of this <laughs> lion, but I was like, I was all in at that point. And the duet he does with Scarlett Johansson, uh, stuck in a moment, which is I, a song I really loved. It came out shortly after 9-11. So, you, you know, it, it had kind of this bittersweet, uh, I don't know, element to it even when it came out and then it's so sad here uh and scarlett johansson's voice is really good i was just gonna say that and i was gonna ask you was she w w there was a movie where she sang in it and people were praising her for it right Am yeah i, I believe that? so i can't remember what it is right now offhand but yes yeah, there was yeah she was definitely uh you know and i feel like i appreciated her voice more in this maybe just because of that clay calloway factor and it was like a, the biggest storyline of the movie even though in sing one you know she was fantastic in that as well if you're talking about though and I don't mean to go off the topic of the stories. I, I think I tweeted this when somebody found out yesterday that we were talking about Sing 2. Tori Kelly, the elephant, uh, the voice of the elephant right. in this movie. How is she not like an absolute megastar? Like in the way, I feel like Ariana Grande gets so much credit right now for her voice. When you talk about like who are the great voices of today that's similar to like what Whitney Houston was. Ariana Grande comes up all the time apparently or, and stuff. You know, I don't know, I guess like on par with Mariah Carey or something. Tori Kelly's voice is like absolutely phenomenal. Like it's unbelievable in these movies. She has a great voice. I had never really even heard of her before this. And she, uh, I think she had some single, I can't remember what it was, but I feel like she had one hit song and then just kind of disappeared. But yeah, her voice is phenomenal. 
Yeah, she is, I guess, most known for being a singer. I, I, I certainly never seen her, obviously, in any film. Um, and I didn't really know, I didn't know anything about her singing, but I was like, wow, she's, uh, and, and she's also a really good voice actor, too. Yeah, um, no, she, she was fantastic in that. Yeah. That was, uh, and then who, what's the actor who plays, uh, I don't actually know him. Who's the actor who plays, jeez, um, Johnny? Who's the actor who plays Johnny? Oh, that's you know? Bobby Cannavale. So he's done, he's done a lot no, of stuff. No, no, that's, he's the, uh, Oh, he's the, he's the, uh, he's the, um, Jimmy, the, uh, the wolf. Oh, Johnny. Uh, who's Johnny? Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Oh, so that's Taron Edgerton. Um, oh, okay. The gorilla. The gorilla. Yeah. He, uh, he's, he was uh, in the Elton John movie. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. He can, he can sing too. Like, I, I don't know. I was, uh, I didn't see the Elton John movie, but I, I just, uh, him, I don't know. Obviously, they're not picking people who can't sing, but I would say the Reese Witherspoon surprise and the ScarJo surprise are probably the biggest things where you're saying, wow, like I didn't know they had such great voices. Uh, not that Reese's was like over the top impressive or anything. I think Scarlett Johansson's was way better in the moment in the movie or whatever, but, uh, but you're still surprised when you hear like Reese Witherspoon sing, you know, and it sounds pretty good. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was definitely impressed with, with the voice actors and the singing, and I, I, I did really enjoy the song choices they made in this movie. Uh, I, I, re- I thought it was very entertaining. I, you know, as far as cartoons go, you know, and I had seen, you know, I, I've, because doing this, I have seen a couple of the DreamWorks movies that came out about 10, 15 years ago. And the, 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 it's not just the animation, it's just the story themselves, it's just the element of fun is light years behind what they have now. Um, you know, you have your classics, obviously, you know, Toy Story, if you go back to some of the Disney stuff, yeah, those, you know, Wally, those are genuinely like good movies. Um, but these are too, like Encanto's really good and this is really good. I, I was definitely uh, pleasantly surprised how much I ended up enjoying this. How did your, you said you took your nephew, right? Yeah. How did, he, how did he like it? So he's seven, he loves this movie. So he had already seen it once before. So it's the second time seeing it. He was so excited to see it again. He was all in, like there were a couple of times, he's such a good kid. Uh, so he sat there the whole time, total, you know, great attention span, great. But he would get so excited once in a while, he would like yell at the screen. <laughs> he did it like four <laughs> yeah. times. Like yeah. he'd be like, oh no, or watch out. Like, you know, he did, I think he just, they just, Sometimes little kids almost forget they're watching a movie that they get so invested. Um, yeah, yeah. So I got to keep it down, buddy. Uh, but he, he, he did great. Um, and he genuinely like loves this movie. There is, you know, obviously as a dad and I've never, uh, I haven't gotten to experience that side yet. It's probably pandemic worries with my wife and stuff like that, that we've talked about on, on KMS, but I haven't brought my kids to the movies yet. Um, I brought my nieces and nephews and there's like, I, I, I remember going to like a wrestling show with my nephew when he was seven and he was really into wrestling Yeah, and they cannot, I imagine that's what it's like bringing a kid to a movie at that age too, when they're really into it. He couldn't contain his excitement, like almost to the level of, okay, like you're really getting close to embarrassing me at this point. You know, like there's, <laughs> like there's people around and you're way too excited. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure he wasn't like that yesterday or whatever, but I'm looking forward to that. Cause like for at least if it doesn't reach that, like, okay, now it's obnoxious level before that. It's like, it's, fucking borderline adorable about like how into this stuff that the kids can get around that age it's awesome and being an uncle yeah. is the best job in the world so you know you, you know because like you talked about on kms uh their kids are so much better on the road or with you know other yes. people he's so so he's going to behave so much better with me than he's going to be with his parents who he sees every day and he's around all the time so yeah. i'm getting the kid on his best behavior we're usually going to do a fun thing or going to do something cool that he likes or something that's just kind of enjoyable for both of us just something fun so he's in a great mood and then at the end of the night I just drop him off with his parents and i go home uh it is yeah. perfect i love and- being an uncle it is the, the absolute best 
And I have a horrible memory to begin with, but I remember as, as an adult growing up, I remember moments of like kind of the surprise from my uncles and aunts or whatever, moments like that than I bet I remember with my dad. Just because over time, it's and that's not like a parent thing like Dave issue needs, you know, uh, you know, needs to see a shrink or something like that. This is just like, I don't know, it's like you're so excited to hang out with your aunt or uncle because you don't see them as often as your parents that you remember these things. I think I told this story too, is like, I got pulled out of school and got to see Wayne's world. That is like literally as dumb as that is as simple of a concept of that as that is. It's like one of the first memories that pops in my brain of like a fun childhood memory for some reason, like the surprise of being plucked out of school to see what has now become like one of my favorite comedies of all time. You know, so I feel like I feel like they're like your nephew will remember a lot of these moments with you. I think my nieces and nephews are going to remember that, whereas my kids over time, they're just gonna, it's just going to be lumped in with like everything else or whatever. But it's always a special, like, you know, when you're with your, you know, I remember it's too as a kid with my aunt and uncle, my aunt and uncle, they didn't have their own kids yet when I was born. Like I was the first of that generation of, uh, of my family. So I was spoiled rotten. Like they always made a huge deal about me. Like I, you know, and then any, we always went places I wanted to go because I didn't even, my sister wasn't even born yet. It was literally just me. So I got basically carte blanche of everything that was going on. I got all the attention. So yep. looking back, that was really great and fun. And, and I think it's especially rewarding for me as an uncle, not having kids yet. So I can devote all of my, you know, like it, it's also a nice precursor to like kind of seeing what I'm getting into. Cause you know, I'll, I'll hang out at my sister's house and sometimes the kids aren't on their best behavior. Sometimes it's like, all right, well, you know, is that something I definitely want to deal with on an everyday basis? But like, actually, it, you know, it would be great. It, it's you know, having yep. the kids around is so rewarding and awesome. So, but it is a nice little like wake up call to like what I could be potentially getting myself into. Yeah. I just think like, you know, you were for some reason to your, to your point of what's like the, your nephews, your nieces, like the moments aren't like judged. They're very authentic. You're not as like, when I take my kids places, sometimes I'm like stressed out at how they'll behave. Whereas when I take my nieces and nephews, it's like, all right, well, they aren't mine. So I don't have to like, I don't, it's just like, it's a worry-free experience. So I don't know. It's only right now. I'm going to be honest. The nieces and nephews are, are outperforming my own kids. (laughs) Maybe when, maybe when my kids grow up and we get to experiencing these things together, I'll change my mind right now. They're, they're the leaders in the clubhouse. When are you going to bring your kids to the movies? You got to do that soon, right? I think so. My, I, I didn't, I don't like when do people normally bring a kid to the movies for the first time? I feel like my four year old and now she's probably four and a half. She's four and a half, but I feel like she wouldn't do well at the movies. Just like sitting there, like when she's at home, she's dancing up a storm while sing is going on. Like I'm yelling at her for jumping on the couch. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even fathom what she would be like. There's no possible way she could sit down in a theater and just watch a movie like that. I, I the, uh, the first shot I'd ever take would definitely be similar to what you've been having to do lately is like go to a matinee on like a Tuesday afternoon and just try it and see how it goes. Cause I, I don't know how she would react to that. She goes nuts. Every time a movie's on on TV, she's going crazy. Yeah. So, well, I remember, so I'm quite a bit older than my sister. I'm almost eight years older than my sister. So we brought her to the movie theater for the first time. I remember went and saw all dogs go to heaven and we told her, I remember telling her like, all right, um, you know, you really got to, um, you know, my parents and I were telling you, you got to be best behavior, you got to be quiet. You can't run around and dance. You know, you have to like really behave. We get there. We end up being the only people in the theater. So she was just yep. like, why? You know, she do it whatever you want. Right, now you right. guys are yeah. But um, with, uh, when I went and saw Sing 2, uh, so we sat up front. That's a pro tip, by the way. If you have kids that are older, 
I recommend sitting up front. If you have kids that are younger, sit in the back because people who sat in the back, I, you know, you could every once in a while see that, see it in kind of the back of your, your, uh, your eyes there, but, uh, little kids are running around. So yep. I, I don't think every kid who goes always, especially for a movie like sing Two, where there is a lot of dancing and stuff. I don't think they are sitting there the whole time. Yep. And, um, and I think, you know, they are, I, I noticed, you know, you heard of some kids crying every once in a while. I'd say there were about 10 people yesterday. And, uh, you know, you're, you know, I think at one point, like a dad had to carry a kid out just for a little bit, maybe a quick time out. And then, um, so there is, I don't think, I don't know for me, at least when I go and see these kids movies, I know, go in there knowing that, all right, like, um, you know, this is for kids. Like kids sure. aren't going to behave like adults, like yep. uh, different expectations for the audience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What was the, I'm always interested in this because now like you watch back some of those Disney movies and you see some of the scenes of like somebody dying and you're like, how would, how was I okay with this when I watched the Lion King when I was five, six years old or whatever? How do you think the, like, uh, the character in Sing 2 when he's like holding Buster Moon and he's like throwing him out the window or whatever? Like, how did the kids react to that? Like, did the kids like, was that like a, a, a lesser, uh, moment? You know, you know, those moments of Disney movies where you're like, wow, yeah. it's dark. I mean, dark. this was like a lighter dark moment in Sing 2, a couple of them. There is. Yeah. I mean, you know, he does, you know, the main character throws, I mean, the, um, the bad guy throws the main character off a building, you know, yes. uh, once, twice. And, oh, almost oh, like oh, twice, once he really. Wants to, and twice he actually does it. And, uh, what the Reese Witherspoon character catches him. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he does get saved, but you know, if you're a little kid, maybe you don't know he's going to be saved. It is definitely yeah. played for dramatic effect. Um, yep. the kid, I, no one seemed to be too upset watching it. Um, you know, in the theaters. I, now, I don't know how many people, you know, now we have streaming and all these other things, all these other ways of accessing. Now, do the people in the movie, the other people in the movie, had they had already seen this movie as well with their kids? Maybe they have, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think back to the, like stuff in the 80s, like think back to like the movies that, you know, we grew up with um, that weren't even cartoons, you know, like the, the Spielberg stuff and how dark some of it was, you know, the, you know, Temple of Doom and some of this yeah. crazy shit that you saw in some of these movies. I, I, I'm also... I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I'm not a parent. So, but it seems like, you know, like my, my nephew and nieces, my sister lets them watch a lot of horror movies. And it's kind of like, that's the way I grew up in my house yep. was that we could watch yep. whatever we wanted to. So there aren't a lot of rules. So they, my, my niece, my nieces and nephews don't freak out with stuff, but they've been exposed to a lot of stuff already. So that something like that wouldn't bother them. Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess it depends on the, it depends on the kid and depends on what they've seen already. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't I like, but I, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. You know, I just wonder, like, I don't know, me looking back on some of that stuff, if I put it on for my kids or whatever, I do think about kind of like those scary moments of Disney movies. And I do think like, yes, I got to watch them as a kid, but like, how are they, how do they react to them today? But also on the flip side is like, my kids are watching so much content now on YouTube kids or YouTube in general that it's like, they're clearly like overexposed <laughs> to, to content that they probably would be more numb to it than I was as a kid watching it because I didn't see as much content as they're obviously able to now, right? Maybe, no, it's a whole different world of content, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. you know, and like Kirk was saying on yesterday's show about like, oh, like his son is like bouncing off the walls watching The Natural for five minutes because like they're probably used to shorter videos. They're used to like a much like intense viewing experience where there's so many spazzy things happening all the time. So a slower movie like Natural, I'm sure would bore it, the kids to death, which is sad, but yep. uh, I know the everything, everything's changed with YouTube, like how children consume media now, everything's different. But, um, I know at least the, the kids movies that I've been going to, like the 
the kids seem to be doing okay. So luckily I go in the matinees typically when no one's really there, but I haven't had any instances where people are just completely out of control. I think kids also are like, are, can be pretty aware with some stuff and seem to know to behave better. Like you said, on the road, they're in a, you know, a dark room, special place, a movie theater, right? So they're going to probably behave better than they would be at home. Just having it in the living room and they're bouncing off the walls. Yeah, I notice at least with my four-year-old when she's on the road, if I like if she's misbehaving, I tell her once and the behavior like corrects itself very quickly. Whereas at home, it it just never corrects itself. I could do it 25 times in a row and she'll never stop. So it it, it is that's like a strange phenomenon. I don't I don't know why that may, that, no. they don't want to embarrass themselves in front of other people, right. apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, there's more like maybe like stimulation, like there's more stuff around. It said being embarrassed, like don't want to get yelled at. Yeah, there's a lot of yep. stuff probably going on where at home you feel safe, like that's your safe yep. place. You can probably do whatever you want. I would I don't know. I mean, obviously the COVID stuff, but absent of that though, I would I would totally try to maybe bring the oldest one to a movie maybe yeah it might outperform your expectations you don't know i was gonna test it actually i don't know how i don't know like the safety precaution but i have one of those like oculus headsets right and uh i don't use it too often i play the stupid mini golf game a decent amount actually but you put it on right and it has the netflix app on it and it has youtube on it and when you put on netflix you're in a movie theater like in the there's not people around you or anything but like you're in a movie theater and you're looking at a monstrous screen okay and i was gonna i was gonna test it with her to like make her like just put it on yeah and put on like sing two and be like all right go watch sing two for like i don't know i was gonna just see like what her reaction would be i was thinking about i don't know but just to see what it would be like if then i brought her to a movie theater obviously i'll bite the bullet at some point soon probably now that we're kind of past it on the covid front i'll, I'll bite the bullet sooner rather than later uh and take her but i wanted to see like her reaction even to just sitting down and attempting to watch a movie at full length right like because that just doesn't happen right right and it, and sing two is not necessarily short like these movies are all over 90 minutes um yeah. sing two i feel like was even a little longer than that that was 110 minutes that's that's almost two hours that's a very yeah. long movie for a kid's movie so yeah, no, the other kids, kids will be going to a shorter than that. They watch it to, to what you were just saying. They watch a three-minute YouTube video, and they want you to play it again. Right. Play it again and play it again. I mean, my son is uh, like absolutely obsessed with that Johnny scene, uh, you know, with the Coldplay and the, you know, the fight that they do on repeat. On repeat in the car on Spotify. That's all he wants. He calls it stars. He wants it 24-7 a day. Whereas, like, why wouldn't he? I, I don't understand why he wouldn't just like. I mean, he's two and a half, but like, why wouldn't he just want to watch the movie where at home? No, he's gonna watch that scene on repeat for the what would be the entire length of the movie instead. So, no, yeah, I. Uh, it is that is that is a long movie. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. The certain scenes are gonna stick out for sure. Um, yeah. All right, so sing two. We both say I'm gonna give it a B, solid B, right behind solid Encanto. B. Oh, I'm giving it an A because it outperformed. Uh, it outperformed one. I even think actually Nick Kroll as that funny pig, underrated. Like what I thought that was a good performance with his goofy voice. Uh, under absolutely underrated. Everybody, everybody outperformed in Sing Two. Just top notch. A plus. The U two stuff is great. It introduces U two to like a younger audience too. Like my nephew didn't really know a lot of U two stuff, so we were like on the way home, we were blaring U two. Like like this is yeah. great. I you know great music. Kids finding it. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Sing Two. Much better than I would than I would have expected. Not uh, that it's not that it's like a hypocritical move, but it also is kind of funny that like I think it was two weeks ago there was a headline of like Bono being embarrassed of his own movie, I mean of his own music, and then like two you know uh, you know 
uh, two weeks prior to that, he's like the star of an animated movie, like selling the rights to his. I don't know. It's just kind of, it's kind of. He's like being super artsy and judging his past, and then right now he's like starring in an animated movie. I don't know. It's just kind of. Well, he's always super serious, anyway. Yeah. One thing I do want to mention is the effect of COVID on box office. So, Sing One made two hundred and seventy million domestic, made three hundred and sixty-three million worldwide, made total of six thirty-four million. Um, and Sing Two, meanwhile. Made 144 domestic, 167 international, only 311 worldwide. And usually with these movies, the sequel will outperform the original. So the fact that it's made half of wow. what the original made it just shows you the just the obvious, the obvious, but still massive effect of, of COVID on the box office. Um, what year? What year was seeing one? 2016. Really? 2016. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy, that's holy a, it's, smoke. And and those numbers for Sing Two are factoring in the streaming numbers. No. Oh, they're not factoring. Yeah, simply box office because it was it was twenty five. Actually, I think it was twenty nine. I think it was thirty bucks to stream Sing Two. I think we did it three times before I got that other copy because I was just fed up. Uh, I gotta imagine the streaming numbers are pretty decent though. Oh, I'm sure, and I'm sure they yeah. Yeah, maybe they even ex- they probably exceed the original. Um, and you know they'll get money in the back end of certain things too, but. Um, yeah. That is a, I mean, it's $300 million difference. That's, that's a giant drop off when you, when you probably, when you were in the middle of creating this, you probably expected it to, I said, to outperform the original. So that's, yeah, so that's a lot of money though, to like, lose. But what you almost wonder too, and not that obviously we've talked about Spotify with the Rogan stuff a little bit, but like Encanto has what, like eight songs on the top charts and, and how much money are they making, uh, off of that in compared to the past? I don't know. Like is, are they making, they're probably not making more money on music, even on streaming than they would have if they were selling the album in 2016, right? Probably not compared to selling the album, but that's one yeah. thing about Encanto though, it's kind of stolen some of the thunder of Sing 2. So yeah. where Sing 2 might have had, let's say Encanto never comes out and it's just Sing 2 out there. I bet a lot more people are streaming that duet with Scarlett Johansson and Bono and those songs are becoming more in the zeitgeist and more, I'm not saying they would have obviously hit the, success of a you know when manuel miranda stuff but yep. it would have gotten more play i'm sure where it seems like all kids now are talking about or you know or even adults are streaming is Encanto. so yep. um i definitely think that affected their numbers to some extent as well and that's, and that's just bad timing um but yep. that can happen and um the, the, you know there's a show er but the very same night and time slot as er the very first episode of er was a show called chicago hope and a lot of people thought Chicago Hope was a better show, but it just ran into a juggernaut. They were both about Chicago hospitals. Both came out the very same day. And yep. then, you know, in five years later, Chicago Hope is gone. And ER is still making, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. That's and I, but I got to also, I got to expect like just from the, the business model of movies, like they they have to be happy with the numbers that Sing 2 would perform during the pandemic. That's still probably for, for what we're dealing with now. Those are good numbers, right? I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I guess you kind of just have to take it on the chin and be like, okay with that. But yep. I don't know, man, when they were making that movie, they expect that we probably to make $700 million worldwide and yep. it's going to make like three, you know, three to three fifty when it's finished. And that's still tough to swallow when you have this franchise that you expect to, to really be a juggernaut and it kind of just sputters in the second one. It's not, it's not its fault yeah. necessarily, but that's still gotta be really disappointing. I do feel like kind of though, and, and maybe it's, it's not just growing up. It's, it feels like a change within the last five to 10 years or so where like they're marketing, like just the movie and the storylines of the animated movie. And they're not, they're not marketing like the actors that are playing the characters in the animated, animated movie. Like maybe they used to, do you feel like that at all? Like, I don't think anybody was really being like, you know, 
giving praise, not giving praise, but like, I don't think too many people like knew or cared that like Scarlett Johansson was in the Sing movies. No, I think you're but, right. So, I mean, yeah. I remember like, remember like Ice Age, right? That movie, Ice yep. Age, when that came out, like all, all they talked about was the stars. They barely talked yep. about that. It was like, you know, and then even Shrek, right? Like, you know, oh my God, Eddie Murphy's in a cartoon. So yes. what, what a wild idea. But exactly. I just feel like now it's been so... I mean, those you know, are megastars in Sing. Like, those are absolute, we're talking... Yeah, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, you put those three in a major, like a real movie, then like that's a, that's a blockbuster. Or, correct. In theory, it would have been back in the day. But um, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's, not a, it's not a new idea anymore. Every single cartoon now has giant stars in it. So like, yep. is that, it's not really something to hang your hat on anymore. I think you need, I think you need something more than that now. Yeah, I, I feel like I legit remember my wife. I don't I don't think we obviously we didn't have kids at that point, but when we watched Sing One with um, our kids for the first time, it was like, oh, I think that's Scarlett Johansson's voice on that, and that like, and that just struck me as like, oh, ten years ago, we would have known exactly that Scarlett Johansson was in an animated. Right, movie. you wouldn't have been able to no. avoid that. I, same thing with me. No. So yeah. I I try to avoid stuff before I go to see the movie, so I didn't look at read up on it or anything, but like. You know, I, I figured out during the movie that oh, this is obviously Matthew McConaughey's voice is Buster Moon um, and a couple other ones I was able to pinpoint. But I didn't I couldn't pinpoint Scarlett Johansson. It wasn't until I got home. I realized it. And I, I had the same thing that you thought. I was like, how did I not already have heard that? Like, yeah, in advertisement. I, I actually thought a lot of them. I thought Reese Witherspoon, if you didn't know, was actually kind of like the tough one. Until I heard that she was her, I was like, okay, yeah, that's Reese Witherspoon. Maybe that happens anyway with everything. But if I didn't know it was Reese Witherspoon uh, eventually, it maybe never would have hit me for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I, uh, I, I completely agree. It, that, that, that is a, a bit of a change there. But, um, but I think something probably, had, like I said, it, you know, every single cartoon, you almost, if, if cartoon doesn't have big voice, like big names in it, that's almost the outlier now. Yep. Um, gummy bears or gold bears, yep. if you will. You suggest this. You said that... Uh, I should grab these, uh, I got to say it right here, Haribo Gold Bears yep. are a fantastic candy. Um, this yeah. is a movie staple for me. I, I'll, I'll, I'll get these even at the gas station if I have like a long road trip. Like gummy bears are a must. I'll even grab gummy bears even to have like around the house. Big, or Gold Bear, sorry. Big Gold Bears fan. They, this is the best brand as well. Um, yeah, all, all in on these. Great, great, uh, a great movie theater candy. How, how do you take, what did you say the, on one of your past episodes? Was it, what was the thing that got re- raisinets got a lot of reaction? I saw yeah. some decent, I saw some decent reaction out of the gummy bears pick. Yesterday. Me too. Yeah. I, I think yeah. most, most were positive. Um, some negatives, but most were positive. Someone said this gives you diarrhea, which I, that's not my, uh, experience with the gold bears. I have not had the runs, if you will, as someone said on Twitter with I gold did bears. Google quick, uh, this morning, something I, I Googled like gummy bears review quick and it did look like there was a shit ton of reviews on YouTube about the sugar-free version, and there were some negative effects to that, you know, to that degree. Oh. Uh, that that's what I think. Now, I will say this about these ones: very hard, like any candy, very hard to control yourself. But if you have too many gummy bears, it is not a good feeling. Like it is a. Re- I'm not saying you know you're going to the bathroom and but like you feel awful if you overindulge in these gummy bears. Awful. Yeah, I felt that way a little bit with the Lifesavers gummies. I had probably too many of those. I was by myself. I was watching Scream, and I was just like just eating them, and I realized I ate, I ate like two-thirds of the bag, and then I found out later it was seven servings in the bag. I was like, oh, that's kind of oh. gross, and I felt kind of shit afterward. Luckily, though, you know, my, my, nephew, my nephew also loves the, uh, the gummy bears, so I was like, all right, great. So 
we eat in the gummy bear. So that way we were split. And the bag isn't particularly huge either that yep. you get. So I'm like, all right, this is manageable. Like I felt like I didn't feel that bad afterwards. Had I been alone eating them though, I might've eaten the whole bag and I would have, you know, brrr, I don't know that would have been the case, but it would have been like, kind of like that gross feeling in your stomach. Yeah. So we, it, it's before, this is like, I'm a crazy dumb candy guy, right? Like I am, a, I don't, I'm not a chocolate guy. I, when I say dumb candy, I mean, gummy bears, Skittles, Mike and Ike's, hot tamale. Like I am stupid. I consume way too much of that stuff. I got to cut back, but I never will. Um, there was a point like I would buy the big five pound bags of gummy bears, pre <laughs> but pre-children, right? So they were always around, always had them. I want to say, I, I, honestly, I, it, I probably only bought it like twice, the five pound bag, because I realized I had so many that I would feel like shit so consistently. So I started buying those individual size bags that you get now at, you know, at the cinema, basically. Right. And I never went like I never went back to buying. So I would eat those in one sitting, obviously. But I just mean like I was smart enough to realize like I fucking feel like such shit when I overindulge in this stuff. We started buying actually the five pound bags, to be honest, for the kids, like as like their after dinner treat or whatever dessert. Um, but I it puts such a bad like uh, feeling or taste in my mouth to some extent of overindulging that I don't even touch that that bag. <laughs> like, five pounds is a know. lot. It's, it's a lot of gold bears. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to have those. I don't know. I look down on anybody who eats any other type of gummy bear, to be honest with you. Oh, right. you, oh wow. All right. That, yeah. I'm not even lying. The fact that you said like the lifesavers gummy bears, like if I saw somebody eating those, obviously I wouldn't say anything, I do anything <laughs> but mental, but mentally, I don't really like, the, like, I don't like that move. They're probably yeah. a nice person. I like hate that those are in their hand. But you're polite enough where you wouldn't say anything. Though. You wouldn't go up to them and, and I bother wouldn't them. Say anything, but I would never. I would never buy a different type of gummy bear than Haribo original, beautiful gummy bears. I would never. So never. all right, so let's talk about the history of Haribo. I wouldn't even try. By the way, I wouldn't even try them if I didn't know they were Haribo. So if oh, you wow. go to the candy <laughs> okay. store, if, if you go to the candy store. And you use that stupid thing to, you know, when they're all in the bunch and you. Yeah, like, the, like you know, you're scooping stuff in, like, you know, doing like a, a bag uh, and you're trying Correct. to fill your bag with various candy. Correct. If they're, you know, if I can't tell by the look, which obviously these ones look different than most of them. If I can't tell by the look, I will go up and ask somebody, are these Haribo gummy bears? If I go to a, like randomly to a party or something and there is a bowl of gummy bears, not that that ever really happens, but let's say it did. I would ask that person, are those Haribo, Haribo if I can't tell? Because the other ones are so fucking horrible in comparison to Haribo gummy bears. They're that much better than any others. So Haribo started in 1922. Uh, like I said, this guy Hans Riegel in Bonn, Germany. Uh, he, he came up with this bear idea. He's like, all right, I have this gummy candy, but how do we get sales were kind of sluggish. So he's like, oh, kids love bears. That was his mentality. So the first uh, gummy bear he made was called the dancing bear. And if you had a gummy, if you had one of those dancing bears back in the twenties, they were softer and larger than current gold bears because they use uh, gum Arabic. It's like almost like a gluey type substance rather than gelatin. Like what, you know, almost everyone uses now. Um, so there is a bit of a, <laughs> a difficult history with the, uh, Hans Riegel. So Hans had two sons and uh, Hans died in World War II. Now remember, they're in Germany, so they're not on they're not on the, the quote unquote good team here. And two of his sons were um, prisoners of war. Now the history here is 
I think intentionally very hard to find. I spent way too much time last night trying to look this up. Um, Cause the two sons died pretty recently. Um, in fact, Hans Jr. died in 2013. He could be 90 years old. Um, I don't know what country captured them. They definitely had no problem saying they were prisoners of war, but also, you know, didn't quite say they were fighting on the German side. The only thing that I could find that was pretty concrete, although they deny it, but everyone else seems to agree it happened, was they used forced labor. So in the 19, you know, during World War II, they were severely understaffed for a lot of reasons, you know, as Germany you know, was losing their war more and more, things were kind of crashing around them. At one point, they only had 30 employees. I think they had hundreds beforehand. And they used uh, forced labor. So, you know, people who necessarily didn't want to work for the gummy bear, uh, Haribo, um, were, were forced to work there by uh, the German government, uh, which was up to those companies that wanted to accept that forced labor or not. And Haribo decided to accept it, I guess. But, you know, I didn't find any sort of concrete evidence tying them to any Nazi, you know, any war crimes, if you will. I, I cannot believe that this is where you had to go down. You had to go down this alley. Holy smoke. It's, it's part, by it's the a, way, it doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter what you find. Nothing's going to change. It's, still <laughs> it's, it's still a part of their history. And, you know, especially with, uh, unfortunately, I think Hans Riegel Jr. might have lived a little too long because, you know, you're reading the obituary. You know, I, I didn't intend to find this. I honestly didn't. I mean, 1922 Germany, like, all right, well, bad things are going to happen about, you know, 15, 20 years here. But, um, the, you know, his obituaries were, were oddly written. He didn't have, uh, Hans Jr., uh, didn't have any kids and was divorced. Um, now, right now, the family, so right now the family's owned by other people. I mean, sorry, the, the company's owned by other people in the family. His brother had some kids, um, but Hans Jr. didn't, but you know, Hans obituary, I say it was kind of oddly written. It was vague. You had, you were definitely like kind of parsing through stuff. Um, he worked for the company right up until his death. So I guess he was still running the company at 90, um, which is pretty wild. Uh, and the family, he, the family didn't sell it. They didn't sell out. They did not. Holy wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just would have assumed like Nestle bought it at some point. I know. Well, yeah. Nestle that. or that other Ferraro group. They've been buying yeah. all of these candies. Um, yeah. But in fact, no, they are. And they are still owned by the, you know, the, the Regal family uh, still owns this, Nazis, this company. Nice. Yes. By the, they're all still known by Nazis. Yep. <laughs> well, no, that's the good news, I guess, is this, is that. <laughs> That's not the case anymore, no matter what, because now we're on to that next generation. So, uh, but if you bought, if you bought a, you know, a gummy, uh, if you bought Haribo before 2013, there's a chance you may have lined the pockets of a former Nazi. Hey, so. listen, you know what? You, I don't judge anybody. These candies are so good. I don't judge anybody for whatever decision they make around these. So. Um, the slogan. Oh, so they entered the, so they entered the U S even though they were created in 1922, you couldn't get these gummy, gold bears until 1982. Um, oh. so yeah, so they were, uh, they were fairly new to the U S and they became very, you know, cause they're so good. They became very successful pretty quick. And the slogan is kids and grownups love it. So the happy world of Haribo. Perfect. It's just the perfect, it's the perfect slogan. I, I love <laughs> it. I love it. There's just, there's nothing, there's something about, you know, and going back to kind of that candy store feel of buying it by the pound or whatever. There's something about taking that, what do you call that thing? Why am I blanking on what to call that thing? The, the handle of that scooping, you know, device or whatever the hell it is. Right? Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. And working a little bit to, the- to fill that bag. You know what I mean? Like you're, you go to the knockoff gummy bears and you're just putting it in and taking it out. And it's a little easy. It's nothing. You go to the Haribo section 
and you put that thing down there, you're struggling a little bit to get to get a nice little amount of uh, gummy bears in that bag. And that's that's how you know they're quality, right? They're quality that way. Yes, that's, that is the definition of quality. Yes. <laughs> the Different, perfect texture. Hard right? to scoop like out of a plastic it. bin. Yes. Everything about it is, is just perfect. They're the perfect. They really are the perfect uh, like candy sitting around watching a movie. I, I totally, I don't know if you said this, but I feel like they are absolutely the perfect movie theater candy. hundred percent. They're very good. I, it's tough. I think I'm still going to give Sour Patch Kids the nod. It's tough. It's a tough call. I'm going to go with Sour Patch Kids partly too, because it doesn't have a, a Nazi past. So I'm going to stick with Sour Patch Kids as my, as the top of the mountain. But uh, Haribo Gold Bears though, I'd be lying if I said they weren't, they weren't really good. Yeah. Well, um, I'll say this though. I'll say this. Like I, when I go to the movies, I'm up. I don't like to mix the popcorn at all with anything else. I don't like, either. I'm just, yeah. So you're like forced to do this now because it's part of the show. But if I'm going to the movies and I get popcorn, unless I finish that popcorn and I'm not going to get another one, uh, there's no like I'm not having candy anyway, to be honest with you. It's just but if I didn't want popcorn for some weird reason, and that's psychotic because I love popcorn. I would this would be my go to every single time. Yeah, I'm usually a popcorn first guy, but I have I, I've been staying away from popcorn all month and I've kind of enjoyed this, uh, you know, having the candies instead. It's um, and then like I said, you know, run into Sour Patch Kids or, or something like the Gold Bears. Like, oh, this is a really good treat. You know, go. I yeah. would get go if I was right. If I was like, you know, and I was going to the theaters and I, I was like, ah, I'm not really feeling popcorn. I just had popcorn recently. Gold Bears and Sour Patch Kids would be my first choices. Full stop. Like that would be like, you- it's a no brainer. Are you finding this is a tough question because you didn't have it in your head going in? Do you find that um, most of the theaters have this version of gummy bears versus like I if I if I didn't want popcorn, I'm not buying like the Welch's gummy bears if I go there or whatever or whatever brand it is. Are you finding that most have this brand of gummy bears at different all the different theater chains? Yeah, yeah. So like you'll you'll see Welch's like fruit snacks, yep. but um or lifesavers gummies, but like the gummy bears, the only gummy bears I've seen, I believe, are um. Are the Haribo? Okay, um, but I'll keep an eye out though. I'll I'll, I'll 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 stay on the patrol of that for sure as I as I go to these other theaters. But yeah, I feel like that's kind of the standard. That's the, that's kind yeah, of the, you know what else this 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 just entered my brain too. A true standard of the gummy bear quality. I don't know if this ever. I can't remember if we did this, but in college, like obviously you drank the really shitty vodka, like the Rubinov vodka. Oh yeah, we had granite vodka in New Hampshire. All right. So like there were people. There were people that would put gummy bears into the Rubinov yep. to add flavor. I don't remember if we did that or if that, whatever. But if those gummy bears are falling apart, and then you're like, you look at the bottle and like the flakes of them around, like you bought the wrong gummy bear. Right. Like that's simple. And the Haribo feels to me like the only gummy bear that survi- survives the Rubinov or whatever you said, the granite vodka test. Yeah. Oh, I I agree. And and I'd be lying if I said I hadn't done that. You know, couple triple quadruple dozen times in college <laughs> yeah easily yeah. uh yeah. the gummy bear and vodka that was a great that was that was, that was a great college snack maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll try I'm that not... sometime this weekend actually <laughs> i'll say this though like i don't know and, and maybe i'm numb to it now because i'm disgusting and consume so much of this i don't i don't feel like i'm like eating them and i'm like noticing the flavors of gummy bears though is that do, do you agree with that at all or no like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like, it's all a good, enjoyable experience, but I'm not like thinking about, oh, like the, I know the red Skittles taste better than the other ones. I'm not thinking about the red gummy bear tasting better than the yellow gummy bear. No, I agree. So like the Lifesaver gummies have much stronger flavors. So you definitely notice the different flavors more, um, with these, with these, or even with, um, yeah, with these, I, I don't really notice the different, they are different flavors and you do notice them if you think about it, but if you just kind of 
eating them while you're watching the movie and not really thinking about it. I, I agree. The flavors are much more muted. And I don't like change, by the way. So I do not like the fact that the blue gummy bear is in the mix right now. Is that, was that the package I saw out of you? Right, correct. I don't want any of that. That was in one that I recently bought at the grocery store. Like play the hits, keep it the same. I want the normal. I don't want any like fancy stuff. Like hated when Skittles took the lime out and went to green apple. And now luckily they've gone back to the lime. I think I don't know. Whatever. I like keep the originals, the the original. I don't, I don't like mixing in new colors and stuff like that. Like, I, I bet uh, our, uh, well, your friend Hans Regal may have agreed with, with that sentiment as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I also saw movie who we are. I'll talk about this real quick. I I might recommend this for you today. Like this is actually uh, all kidding aside. This is a very interesting uh, lecture about race, but it's not it's not just a lecture. Like he also does go to different locations. Like he goes to Tulsa where they had a horrible massacre there, and he kind of walks through some of the the landmarks of that massacre. Uh, he goes to a couple other. He goes to like New York City where uh, a spot where they would have bought and sold slaves by the day sometimes even so you can like rent a slave out. It was a, uh, and he went to actually where they would have ha- done that. He went to a, a tree where there was a lot of lynchings that's taking place. And even though this is obviously really dark stuff we're talking about in, in this movie, he does it in a, a really intellectual way that um, the emotion of it certainly hits, but it's also like trying to explain what happened that led to that, um, from a how how maybe how a black person may have felt leading up to that so kind of the struggles they would have had um in those moments and trying to relate it to and you can see because he's lecturing to a crowd it's a mostly white audience um and i i kind i i went in there being like oh here we go it's gonna be two hours this guy telling you know a white audience how awful they are and all the mistakes they make and but that's not what this is this is more about like hey here's what black people have gone through in the last since America was founded. And some of this stuff I did know, some of the stuff I didn't know. And sometimes it was just nice to hear a different perspective. So if you're interested in the kind of American history from maybe a different point of view, I, I grew up in New Hampshire, so I only had white history teachers and stuff. So it was nice to get kind of a different point of view and the, his, the historical stuff I thought was really interesting. So who we are, I I'm going to recommend. This, this is not a shot at the topic. Well, I don't know. I can't think of a worse movie theater experience than going to that movie. Like that's a movie, that's something you watch on your couch. I can't imagine like looking to the right of me and being like, and all I would think about is like, how is this person like reacting to what we're, you know what I mean? Like it's, that is such a different experience for a movie in a movie theater. It was I mean, very, yeah. I, I think this might be a situation of COVID where, you know, I, I've covered a few movies here where there's no, this had no business being in the theaters. This yeah. is different. This is actually a quality piece of work. I'm going to give it a B, um, but uh, it's probably better suited for PBS. Yeah. Um, that's probably the more typical experience you'd have with something like this. You know, like the Ken Burns documentaries are fantastic. I don't know if I'd want to watch a Ken Burns documentary in the movie theater, but I will yeah, say I for think, this, I, didn't, I mean, the, the most recent like documentary or docu-series style thing I watch or have been watching is that Bill Cosby thing on, on Showtime. I can't imagine watching that like in the theater. I don't think I've ever seen like a documentary style uh, movie in the theater. I don't think I've ever gone to one. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, that, I guess maybe that wasn't the idea, but honestly, though, you know, I was, it was a mostly empty theater. So I felt yeah. alone, you know, was no one around me. So I didn't yeah. feel like I was crowded. If I was sitting right next to somebody else, you're right. That might've been an unusual experience. Um, yeah. but that just, that wasn't the case here. In fact, this movie has been performing almost historically horrible in the box office. And maybe that's kind of to your point is like, ah, this isn't really something I want to, you know, see in a crowded movie theater. Like it's a complex very controversial topic that makes people uncomfortable. He definitely speaks to it really openly, honestly. And it, it's a, um, 
yeah, I could see that kind of maybe keeping people away. Plus, yeah. I don't think it was marketed very well. They marketed it as more of a lecture, but I feel it's more of like a history lesson. And I felt if, yeah. that, if I had that, I went in there dreading to watch this. And if I, yeah. but if I had known it was more of a history lesson, I would have been a lot more excited. So um, yeah, it was definitely a bizarre experience compared to the ones you typically had in the movie theater, which is like, sing too, you go have fun. This is not that, but um, it was really interesting. If it's on streaming though, it's called Who We Are. Uh, the guy is Jeffrey Robinson. He's a former ACL, ACLU, he's a lawyer. Um, and it's, it's, it's worth the watch. Um, anything else for me, Dave? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think you, I think you hit all the, uh, all the topics. We covered a lot of ground. I think we, the show was like an hour long at this point. Longest <laughs> ad theater ever. Two. Uh, yeah, so Sing 2, Dave and I both love it, uh, you know, especially for a kids movie. You know, go, go check yeah. it out. It's, it's definitely worth the watch if you have kids. And uh, and some of the, I, I don't know, some, I, I'm going to go back. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go back and listen to that Bono, Scarlett Johansson duet. Like, I'm going to find I think it. That was my, I think that was like my least, you know, I'm, you're a YouTube guy. So I yeah, guess I am. Different. That was my least favorite song of the movie. I think if I'm going back, hold on, I'm looking at my notes. I think if I'm going back to the like and then intertwining with the movie like song right scene all intertwined that's soy yo angle like where they jump out the window I, i've not i didn't hear the song before this movie i don't think phenomenal i don't know if that song hits if i'm like driving down the road unless i'm like envisioning the scene in my head as i drive but that was a phenomenal song for that scene in that moment that was a fun song i think that uh, mix of that song was specific for the movie yes uh, oh true that's true too yeah uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other song. Oh, you know what it was? That Halsey performance in the actual end. Uh, was that It Could Have Been Me? That was a great song. I don't know if that was in the end Yeah, movie. yep, yep. Um, uh, the casino owner's daughter there. That was good. So yeah, I don't know. Either way, my I guess my biggest takeaway was I, I enjoyed the music of this one to sing one, which maybe because th these were these are hits, but they're not like they didn't play like i think it's sing one they had taylor swift so they were very like i think more mainstream hits in sing one maybe i could be totally wrong on this but i just felt like sing two was sing two was better so music wise all right well thank you very much dave i'll be back on Sa uh, sunday you'll be hearing the next episode of this and uh we'll talk to you folks uh later